ora and welcome to Family, Whānau and Disability, a podcast brought to you by Parent to Parent New Zealand. We are here for the many Kiwi families out there caring for a disabled child or family member. We know the journey caring for a disabled or a neurodiverse child is not an easy or a straightforward one. So this podcast is a place to explore the issues that affect us, to share stories, swap tips and even have a laugh or two. We would love for you to join us each month, so make sure you subscribe. Please also be aware that the views shared are those of the individual and may not represent the views of parent to parent. This podcast is brought to you by Parent to Parent. Please note any views or opinions expressed on the programme are of the individual speakers themselves and do not necessarily represent Parent to Parent as an organisation. Welcome to the Connect, Inform, Support podcast, brought to you by Parent to Parent, the non-profit organisation supporting the families and whānau of people with disabilities all across New Zealand. It's Christmas in the summertime, the sun is up. Welcome to Connect, Inform, Support, the podcast from Parent to Parent. I'm your host, Louise Ratcliffe, and this is our final show for the year. So... It's coming up to Christmas and uh, the show today is really just going to be about ideas for for Christmas with a special needs child because Christmas can be a pretty stressful time of the year for most people and add the added stress and complications of having a child with special needs, um, be that physical, um, neurological, dietary, whatever they may be, it can add an extra layer of stress to an otherwise very difficult time of year. Now, we spoke to Matthew Peppercorn last week, uh, on the last show rather, about um, anxiety and he mentioned some ideas around Christmas time about changing things up and doing things differently and uh, just taking the time to remember that it's this holiday season is really just supposed to be about getting together with family and friends and, and enjoying yourself and relaxing. So um, one of the main things I, I feel about changing anything around... Uh, family gatherings or Christmas or um, traditions, things like that, is a lot of people feel that uh, they have certain expectations put on them to to behave a certain way or to attend certain things or to buy certain things or to, you know, create this fabulous meal or host a massive amount of people in their house or rush about visiting all sorts of relatives. So I think the first thing you can do is really just give yourself permission to manage those expectations. You know, if you if you know that your child is not going to cope with going to a great big shopping mall full of loud children and Santa and everything, and then, then don't. You don't have to. You know, you don't have to do things that other people think are Christmas traditions or, oh, it's just Christmas, it'll be fine just this once and... Can't you do it? It's Christmas. Just, you know your kids, you know what they can handle, what they can cope with. So give yourself permission to just say to people, no, this is this is not going to work for me. This is not going to work for me and my family. So um, I know it's probably, probably a bit late now to talk about preparation, but one of the best ways to, to deal with Christmas chaos is to be prepared, is to, to get stuff done throughout the year if possible to get stuff done before other people are rushing about shops trying to load up their trolleys to find times when when shops are 
less busy, you know, even if it means taking some time off work midweek to get into a get into the shops when everyone else is still beavering away at their desks. Just try and get yourself organised in advance. One of the things that my mother taught me to do was to buy um, gifts and presents and, and stocking stuffers throughout the year. So as she's as she's seen things around she would she would buy little bits and pieces and keep them stored away in a in a box in the wardrobe and then come christmas eve she had everything pretty much ready just needed to be wrapped so i've tried to do that i haven't managed it every year sometimes i don't start till sort of october but having that little bit of preparation just means that i'm not frantically rushing about in that last week before christmas buying bits and pieces and ending up with a lot of useless junk do have time to actually think about it the other thing is to to just to relax and to give yourself permission that it's not going to be perfect um and it shouldn't have to be you shouldn't have to have the perfect table setting and the perfect christmas presents and the perfect tree and the perfect this and the perfect that it's it's really not that important at the end of the day what is important is you looking after yourself and you looking after your children and if that means that you don't put the tree up till Christmas Day, don't do it. It's fine. The point is to take the time to relax and not having to rush about doing the school routine in the morning or whatever. Maybe get some time to just chill and read with your kid. Just time to relax. Having said that, I know that there are a lot of kids out there who need the routines that they normally have during the school year or during during a normal non-holiday season. So if you know your kid's going to struggle with changes in routine, the best thing you can do is, as far as possible, keep their routines the same. There's no reason they can't get up and get dressed and get organised the same way they always do. But um, give, prepare them for the fact that things are going to be a bit different for the next six weeks or however long it is. Maybe some some visual pictures. Well, um, an advent calendar is, an always, is always easy to get hold of and it can give them a visual reminder that... It's a new day every day counting down to Christmas, so it's a, it's a set amount of time and things are going to be different from the 1st of December and it's a nice sort of package of easily accessible visual clues that things are slightly different at the moment. You can uh, you can buy advent calendars everywhere. You can also make your own. You can make reusable ones out of cloth. I've probably got about four or five thanks to making things over the years. Um, so that's quite a, that's quite a handy one. Um this year, my, my folks bought my, my kids uh, Lego advent calendars. So they have a new Lego to build every day, which has been fantastic. It's better than having just a piece of cheap chocolate. It's more interesting than just a little picture for them. And it just means it's got they've got this little present thing leading up to Christmas Day, which kind of puts them in the time, the, the headspace of Christmas is a different time of year. Things are going to be different. The other thing you can do is if your kid does does thrive on routine and rituals and things that stay the same um creating traditions around the holiday season that you can maintain year by year can make things easier to transition from the normal daily routine into the christmas routine you can say ah it's christmas time this is when we do this thing that is once a year i've heard of a lot of people who who have a christmas eve um, present opening ceremony where you always get a new pair of pyjamas a new movie to watch and some popcorn or snacks to eat while you watch the movie so something really simple that can be repeated you know say Christmas Eve is when you get your new pyjamas 
and you get to um, sit and watch a movie or read a book if you're not wanting screen time, sit and read a new book together or listen to some Christmas carols. You know, setting up a, a fairly relaxed, peaceful ritual that the kid can find comfort in that you know you can keep doing. So if so, you know that this ritual doesn't won't get disturbed if you go to somebody else's house or whatever. You can still do the parcel opening with the new pyjamas. You can still do the reading the book. So find a, find a little routine that you can take with you to give your kid a sense of um, normalcy, even if you're going to somebody else's house. And the other thing I've seen recommended as well is to have a safe space at uh, the people's houses. So if you're going visiting, if you're going and staying with relatives, make sure you can find a space where your kid is allowed to go to get away from everybody if they need to, if they need some quiet time, if they need to rest, or if they just need to put some noise-cancelling headphones on and listen to music, whatever they need to, to be able to get through being in a different house, different smells, different food, different people, and everything a bit exciting, get them that safe space. It can, it can, mean, it can mean all the difference between a meltdown and, 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 and a happy Christmas. And involve your kid with that. Ask them, you know, when they're in a in a good frame of mind, what would feel like a safe space. Or take them to the house. If you can, take them to the house beforehand and say, hey, let's find somewhere that can be your safe spot when you're feeling like oh, you need a break. So get your kid involved. And, and you can get your kid involved with the Christmas preparations as well, as far as is reasonable. You know, you know your limits and you know your kid's limits. Decorating the tree... Um, wrapping presents, cooking if they're if they're f- capable of, of cooking with you or making decorations for the table, that, all that kind of stuff. So involving your kid with the things that are different may well help them to, to cope with the difference and may well cope, cope with the fact that it's all a bit exciting. And it may help them to, to kind of build up to Christmas rather than asking every day, is it Christmas yet? Is it Christmas yet? Because sometimes they do that, don't they? You don't need to have a traditional Christmas in the old-fashioned sense of the word. Your Christmas looks how you want it to look, to fit your family, to fit your dietary needs, to fit your physical needs, to fit your neurological needs. So your Christmas might not look like anybody else's, and that's fine. You know, I've um, got friends who, who just go away to the beach on Christmas Day. They take themselves far away from everybody and find somewhere quiet and... Um, just have a nice relaxing time far away from all the hustle and bustle of town so that's you know my family Christmas in England was a fairly formal affair we would all dress up in our new in, uh, new Christmas clothes and we would have a table set with uh, good china and the, the, the silverware and um, it would all be very very picture perfect and I loved it I loved Christmas like that but coming to New Zealand where Christmas is in the summer and it's stinking hot you don't really want to be stuck inside um being outside in the sunshine and everyone brings a plate and just chill out in the pool and everyone has a nap after lunch has been a completely different Christmas for me but also enjoyable because it suits the environment that I'm in now so your Christmas doesn't have to look like everybody else's to be the perfect Christmas for you and that's okay. And I think just give yourself permission again, like I said at the beginning, give yourself permission to do things in a way that you know is going to work for you and your family. You know, whatever anyone else thinks is is their issue, not yours. Uh, the other thing to do is if you have kids with with uh, disability or special needs, and you have siblings that do not have a disability or special needs, just 
make sure they get involved. It can often be a time of year where the sibling of the special needs child feels particularly left out because the special needs child is getting accommodations made for them or a lot of presence and a lot of attention. So just keep an eye on your other kids. Make sure that they are part of the whole thing as well. Make sure that they are val- they feel valued and they feel heard and they, they feel seen and they feel respected. So getting them involved with, with Christmas shopping, getting them involved with cooking, all that kind of stuff. Whatever they are capable of, whatever you feel comfortable involving them in, just keep an eye on them, just bear that in mind. And ask for help too, you know. Christmas is supposed to be about family. Our families are supposed to support us. I know they don't always do that, but, you know, family and friends. Don't don't be afraid at this time of year when people are busy to just put your hand up and say, look, I could do with a bit of help. Could you just mind my kids for half an hour while I rush around the shop? Or could you just come sit with, with uh, my son while I... Um, clean the bathrooms or whatever anything just people people are always people are always able to say no if they can't help but you can always ask I think um, it's important to to be able to to reach out and say I need some help before things become particularly difficult or problematic or particularly stressful so um, yeah making it your Christmas making it something that is special and unique for your family, having having rituals and traditions that uh, are unique to your family that keep your make your kids feel that they are part of a special team and a part of a, an important group of people. And something else that I, I read about was um, simplify opening presents. And this is something I hadn't thought of, um, particularly for children who struggle with fine motor skills. You can... Uh, if you can make things easy to unwrap, then it can reduce a lot of frustration and tears on Christmas Day um, of unwrapping presents, and um, and then they they and, and rather than unwrapping it for them as well, that means that they get to do it themselves and feel that sense of satisfaction of opening their own present. And just and remind relatives too, if your kid has a difficulty with with fine motor skills, that just make things easy to unwrap, even using like things like gift bags and what have you, so the kid doesn't have to struggle with tape or ribbon. Be adaptable. Um, you know your kid pretty well, but they might suddenly find that um, Santa is the scariest creature on earth and they don't want to see them. Or um, or they might suddenly decide that they love Santa, having screamed blue murder every time they went to see Santa and they might want to see them. So just be prepared for, for things to change, and that's okay. So have your, have your plan in place, have your preparation, but be flexible with it so that you can roll roll with the punches if you need to if things if things change or if people are sick at the last minute and you can't visit them that kind of stuff be prepared to talk your kid through what's happening as well so that they can they can learn to be more adaptable what you can do as well something else i read about like having the safe space in people's houses is have a christmas free zone maybe an area of your house that has nothing to do with christmas if you if you're a big fan of decorating just have one area that's just decoration free if the kid needs to get away from all of the sparkle and the and the craziness then they've got a little safe space to go to so you know your kid you know your kid if they need need a break um the other thing you can do is um when you're going shopping or you're going to visit santa or anything like that um a lot of places are now starting to do quiet times or special needs uh times when they adapt things for kids with special needs they make things a bit easier they can maybe make appointments with Santa so you don't have to wake in line 
they turn the music down, low, lower the lights, all that kind of stuff. So it's worth calling ahead to the local shopping centre or the local supermarket to find out if they're doing any of those things and maybe even suggest them if they're not to have a quiet hour of shopping for people who want to just have a quiet, no music, dim lights, you know, and, and um, Santa. And when you, if you do go visit Santa, find out if you can talk to Santa in advance and let them know if your kids got some anxiety issues or if they have some problem with mobility that, that they need to be aware of when coming to sit with Santa or if there's something your kid would be particularly interested in talking about with Santa, maybe Santa could ask them a particular question. So preparation is what it comes down to in the end. So be prepared and um, and be prepared to just say, no, look, this is not working for my kid. We're going home and let let your kid let your kid dictate that you know if if it's too much, it's fine. If you if they just decide halfway through the queue or halfway through the visit, no, I don't want to do this anymore. It's fine. You know, nobody has to go and visit Santa if they don't want to. Um, oh, yeah, um, kids who have issues with food and picky eaters or food allergies, that kind of stuff. Um, if at all possible, you know, um, prepare food prepare food that you know your kid's going to eat. You know, and at the end of the day, you can have a traditional Christmas meal, um, but your kid doesn't necessarily have to have that. Maybe you could make a new tradition of Christmas being the one time a year where your kid can eat whatever the hell they want, even if that's just white food for the whole day. You know, maybe make it a new tradition that, that everyone tries something that your kid likes for a change, you know. So, again, it's about not conforming to societal expectations, not, not putting pressure on yourself to do things a certain way if that certain way is not going to help your family. So... It's really, it's important to to just take a breath and remind yourself that this holiday season is really supposed to be about families spending time together and enjoying each other's company. And um, if you have family whose company you don't enjoy, you know what, you don't have to visit them. I mean, people may make you feel like you have to, people may make you feel bad if you don't. But you've got to look after, as a parent, you've got to look after your own mental and emotional health as well because you can't pour from a, from an empty cup. You know, you are the person to be there for your child. You're the person, you're, you're your child's support person and their rock and you can't be the best you for that child unless you are looked after. So make sure that you take care of your own mental health and your own um, emotional needs take breaks you know say see if you can get some respite care over the holidays if you need it be prepared to say no to people if people want to come and visit and it's just too much you just say no and yeah somebody might some people might get a bit offended about it or they might be a bit upset but you know what that's their problem you are there to look after yourself and look after your child so if other people don't like it well they don't get it and that's their problem yeah, not your circus, not your monkeys, as they say. So when it comes to asking for help as well around around the holiday season, I mean, everyone's so busy and everyone's so so focused on doing what they need to do. Sometimes it can be hard to ask for help, but um, if you've got if you've got something specific that you need help with, that can always make it a bit easier. If you put out a call to say to people, "Oh, I need some help on Saturday." with organising things. Everyone's like, mm. but if you could say, hey, I just need someone to pick up a parcel on lay-by for me at this shop or could 
could somebody come and help me decorate the Christmas tree on Saturday? You know, specific tasks. If you ask people to help with specific tasks, they're more likely to to say yes because they know that it's got a, a specific time and an endpoint, or as it were. And um, people, you know, and helping people out makes you feel good. And this is a time of year for for feeling good. I, you know, giving and and helping is a is very much in the Christmas spirit. Oh, something I saw about um, sort of gift-giving time and um, issues with relatives. So preparing your child for reasonable expectations when it comes to gifts. Now, my kids always have a wish list when it comes to birthdays and Christmas presents. So whenever they mention something through the year that, that, that they would like, um, I usually will tell them, put it on your wish list. But if it is something that is prohibitively expensive or unrealistic, I will tell them straight away, I'm sorry, no, that's not something that's ever going to be got bought for you unless you save up and buy it yourself. So have re- help your child have realistic expectations. Now, there's been a lot of stuff on social media about what Santa brings and what mum and dad bring. And a lot of discussion about um, Santa just bringing the stuff for the stockings and mum and dad buying the big presents because some people can't afford for Santa to bring all the big presents. You know, they can't necessarily afford it. So... My tradition in my family, from my mum and dad, and my husband's tradition too, was that Santa brought the things for the stocking and that mum and dad bought the presents under the tree. So it's just something to think about to to be able to manage your kids' expectations of what Santa might bring them in their stocking. You know, so, um, yeah, set up realistic expectations. Um, If you've got a kid who doesn't like surprises... That can be a bit of a, a downer at this time of year when, you know, you're all about unwrapping and being excited about stuff. But there's no reason you can't incorporate a sense of, um, what's the word? You know, sort of looking forward to Christmas Day and unwrapping stuff, even if they know what they're going to get. You say, well, yes, you're going to get this thing that you're you're looking forward to, but you have to wait until Christmas Day before you can play with it. So you'll get the batteries on Christmas Day or you'll be able to play with it after this time on Christmas Day. So you can still set up that sense of um, anticipation, that's the word. That sense of anticipation can still be there. However, it doesn't have to be. You know, it doesn't have to be all surprises and ooh, ah. If you know your kid will be anxious and stressed if they don't know what's what's in their presence, then don't wrap them. Put them under the tree as they are. It's It's... You don't have to, okay? You don't have to do things a certain way just to be correct at Christmas. The other thing is, um, you know, if, you're, if your kid doesn't express the right amount of gratitude in Auntie Mabel's eyes for the gift they were given, you, you, can, you can approach this a couple of different ways. You can prepare your child in advance to have a set thing that they say to the relative who has given them the gift. Say, thank you very much for my gift. You know, they don't have to like it. They don't have to to want to play with it straight away. Um, but they have to say thank you because that's good manners. You know, and they're not allowed to say I hate this. It's horrible. I didn't want it. <laughs> um, the other thing you can do is talk to the gift giver and say, look, my kid might not say very much at the time because it's all a bit overwhelming. Or they, um, if they don't say thank you, don't worry about it. It's not personal, you know. So you can prepare the kid, or you can prepare the gift giver. Whatever works with your family, really. Um, family gatherings this time of year can also be quite um, quite stressful if uh, for relatives you only see maybe once a year or so. And if you've got a kid with 
with special needs and the family are not terribly understanding or accommodating of of your child's needs that can be particularly difficult um you know maybe practice practice responding to unwelcome comments in a calm and rational way i've got uh, some example remarks that you can try so for example if if your relative says when is johnny going to eat something beside mashed potatoes all the time they've said you you make them so tasty tasty he can't stop eating them how do you make them so creamy so deflecting them and talking about you know rather than rather than focusing on the the behavior of the child you deflect the the questioner back to themselves people love talking about themselves or if your relative says your son didn't even look at your look at my present you can say, well, you know, you'll feel disappointed, but I know he's going to enjoy it later when it's all calmed down and quiet, that sort of thing. Why don't you make your kids sit at the table? Everyone is sitting down at the table. Your kid's just bad managers, just running about. <laughs> and um, I, I've heard that a few times. But, you know, that's when you can say something like, well, this is a special day. I want them to feel comfortable. And they feel comfortable by getting up and moving around. That's what they do. So just be prepared to advocate for your kid as you always do and uh, you know prepare yourself for potentially awkward questions and, and moments from relatives and just try and remind yourself that um, these people don't know your kid as well as you do and um, you might just have to smile through some some awkward questions so the other thing you can do is um, is prep your relatives about something your kid is interested in and would like to talk about so that the relatives can um, engage with your child on something that the child is is willing to talk about and willing to engage in because I know a lot of kids get quite shy you know don't want to say hello to Nana and Papa or whatever um and maybe don't want to give them a hug or a kiss which honestly I don't think they should have to but that's a whole nother podcast um you know just so so prepare your saying oh um my my son really loved our, our trip to Disney World. If you ask him about it, he'll tell you about it. Or or, or my daughter really likes um, ponies. She's really interested into ponies at the moment. Why don't you ask her to tell you all about her favourite story about ponies? That sort of thing. So just the, the, I think the key message here is is preparation as far as possible of both yourself, your child, and your potential guests, and. Um, and letting yourself have permission to do things differently, to do things in a way that other people might not think is appropriate, but it works for your family, you know, to to take a breath, to take some time out, and to, to ask for help and to get some respite care if you need it. So please enjoy the holidays, um, people. It's It's supposed to be a relaxing time of year. It's supposed to be fun and enjoyable time with family and friends eating good food, having some good company, maybe some fun in the sun, maybe some swims in the pool. Don't forget your sunscreen. And enjoy the festive season. Have a great Christmas, and we'll see you all next year and onwards into the new year. So have a very, very Merry Christmas and a very peaceful holiday season with all our best wishes from the team at Parent to Parent. Connect, inform, support from parent to parent. Presented by Louise Ratcliffe. Many thanks to Wintech Music and Performing Arts Department. This programme and its show notes are available for download on our website, parenttoparent.org.nz. 
This has been Family, Whānau and Disability from Parent to Parent. I have been your host, Johanna. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that you'll join us again soon.